Exercise. Some love it, some hate it, some are sort of in between. But there is an undeniable fact that as we get older, exercise is good for us. And we need to lose the preconceived notions that were told to us by a former trainer, a spouse, a neighbor, the social media, that we are aging, that we're getting older, and that we can't do certain exercises anymore. And some even say, well, I earned the right to sit on the couch after all those years of working. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, and I'm the host of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. So glad you're here to join me for today's episode, where we talk all about picking up some weights, and especially my guest talks about the idea that she loved to pick up heavy weights for as long as she can remember. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to check out the Empty Nest Reboot course. It is a six-week course for women over 50 that want to combine exercise, also strength training, with intermittent fasting and move the needle forward, losing body fat, losing weight, feeling better, healing your gut with Pilates, strength training exercises, and intermittent fasting. I leave a link in the show notes for you to check it out, and I hope I can welcome you soon in the course. So without further ado, let's talk about lifting heavy things. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies, and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable, so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life, so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another guest interview on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Today's guest is Joni Grant, a competitive power lifter, personal trainer, and movement specialist. But she wasn't always strong and fit, but quite the opposite. She discovered resistance training at the age of 58 and fell in love with it. Joni loves feeling strong, and that journey translated into writing her first book, Train to Age. Joni says, who knew that picking up heavy things would lead me to leave IT, become a trainer, and write a book. Welcome to the show, Joni. Thank you very much for having me. Listen, what are you most passionate about? I'm most passionate about education. I'm most passionate about all the things 
I discovered that no one told me about. You know, nobody, no, everybody said you pick up everything, you get strong. Nobody said it's good for your brain, it's good for your heart, you're going to have better balance, um, your mobility will be better, your endurance. Nobody told me that. In fact, most people said, oh, no, don't do that, not at your age. You're too old for that, right? <laughs> right. You're too old for that. You're going to get hurt. Very true. Now, when you grew up, what was your childhood like? What was your family like? Were there uh, people of exercisers focusing on healthy meals? So describe for the listener what that might have been like where you grow up, grew up. Okay. Well, I was an only child and my dad had a stroke at 30. So um, there was no physical act. I mean, it just, my mother was, the last generation didn't work out. She just didn't. My dad couldn't. Um, and she was a Southern cook. So I had lots of biscuits and gravy and beans and cornbread. And I was always a big girl, always a big girl. I'd go up. I mean, I've literally lost hundred pounds three times now. Um, I would go up and then I'd go down. So fitness was nowhere in my life as a child, a teen, or even as an adult female. Mm -hmm. So you said you lost a hundred pounds at least three times. Take me through like one of the scenarios. What happened? Um, I was a senior in high school. I was going to college in June. I was about 200 pounds and I was literally terrified of going to college fat. So instead I went to college, tiny, cute, and totally unprepared for all the attention you get when you're tiny and cute. So, you know, it was, and I kept it off for a lot of years. I stayed, I went to hundred, I stayed up at about 125. Um, and then I got, I got married, got divorced and put it on again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just always curious what when when I read about your story, because I grew up in, in a many, many small town in Germany where there was the only exercise size was that you go out and you play, you mm -hmm. run around with the farmers. And, and that was the exercise. There were no gym hours and there was no gym. There was no exercise equipment. And my parents would always say, just go on, you know, get your bike and do something with your friends, whatever do something meant, whether, whether biking or just sitting around and whatever. But I know that from my own experience, I used to be obese until the age of 12. And so I was curious when you said, you know, I went up and down, what was going through your mind and saying, okay, and I get it. I was like, okay, I want to lose weight. So I fit in. And then you say, oh my goodness, look at me. I'm, I'm gorgeous. Not like you weren't gorgeous before. Right. So did you make a mind shift there when you realized that this is, could be a repeating pattern? Um, you know, I think not really. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. I lost about 100 pounds when I started powerlifting, but I didn't lose it to suit anybody else or to be anybody else. I lost it to fit into a weight bracket. I wanted to be in the 147 and under. Mm -hmm. it, and it, it mattered to me, not to anybody else. And I think it's probably the healthiest weight loss I've had mm -hmm. because it was just for me mm -hmm. and it wasn't for looks. Um, the weight bracket above and below mine 
had women who already had records and I wanted a state and national record and I got it, which probably sounds silly, but um, for me, that was a good healthy reason to lose weight. I enjoyed it and I was getting strong the whole time and it was a very positive experience. Yeah, that is this true of how we go about, if we, our goal is to lose weight, how we go about losing that weight and what goes through our mind losing weight you know like you said is it to please the kids at college and to make me myself feel better because there's really nothing I should feel better about because I'm great to begin with but that's what I'm thinking right or uh is it because I want to go into an, a weight category which can backfire sometimes too um but I want to know how did you get into powerlifting <laughs> I'm I'm it's 24 14, late 2014 and a friend invited me to a CrossFit class mm -hmm. so I took the CrossFit class I was about 240 so I was terrified the class was I thought was awful you know I couldn't do anything mm -hmm. but we did some deadlifts and I just fell in love so I didn't intend to go back to the CrossFit class but I started trying to find a teacher who would a trainer who would teach me how to lift and okay. I got, you're too old, you're too fat, you need to be on the treadmill, you're going to get hurt. And I finally found a trainer. And he said, if you do everything I tell you, the way I tell you, I will teach you to powerlift. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we started up front, you know, we didn't touch a bar for like four months. He got me back there. And by this was February of 2015. And I did my first um, the Illinois State Fair has a little powerlifting meet. I did that meet in August of 2015. And I, I was, I was, uh, it's why in my book, I say, you have to find what you love. Because when you find it, you, you don't mind putting the hours in or the time or the work or, you know, I don't always like working out, but I pretty much most of the time do. So that kind of just happened. So let's take you back there again. So here you are, Joni went to the CrossFit class and there may be people on the podcast who are going, what the heck is a deadlift? Can you explain it? Right. Well, a deadlift, if you bend over and pick up your dirty clothes, you've done a deadlift. If you have a suitcase in one hand, you're doing a deadlift. The deadlift I started with was it's a 45 pound bar and you put weight on either end. And you use the appropriate form to safely bend over and pick that up. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it. It looks awful. If you, if you look it up and you look at you know, some huge guy picking up 400 pounds, it looks awful, but it really is a functional part of everyone's life. And I am now, I'm at 225. And every once in a while, I just test to make sure I'm still at 225. My goal is just to stay there as I get older. Mm -hmm. So, um, it really is everything you do in your life. When you pick up something off the floor, you're doing some kind of deadlift. Good. So people that have no idea about gyms or weights, because sometimes we assume that anybody who is listening to a fitness, nutrition, mindset podcast knows all these things. And I think there's a lot of people out there who just say, mm -hmm, sure, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm not I going to admit it, what that is. So Joni now picks up her suitcase or her basket full of laundry and she does a deadlift, but she adds a little bit more weight to it. 
Then she says, I want to be a power lifter. What is the difference between somebody who goes to the gym or at home lifts, lifts weights, the dumbbells or some bars, to somebody who's a power lifter and to somebody maybe that's a bodybuilder? I think that's the main categories. All right. So um, power lifter, pa the meets I competed in, um, they have three lifts. They have a squat, a deadlift, and a bench. And you have to get, you get three tries to lift. You have to get one. You have to get your opener to get a number. At the end, you have a three lift total. And like my total, I think was like 414. The average guy is going to have like a 1200 total. The idea is just to hit your lifts. And, and when you power lift, you're really competing with nobody but yourself. So it's a lot of weight. You want to push as much weight as you can. You do. But in my case, at my age, I had some fairly light goals, you know, a hundred pound bench. I wanted a 150 pound back squat and a 225 pound deadlift. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of have reasonable goals for you. I see people that are, are competing now that are older than me and they have maybe less modest goals, less, you know, maybe they just want to squat the bar. Um, it doesn't matter. For me, it was just the competition. It was challenging myself. And it was being able to talk to people because people would walk up and go, um, how old are you? And I'd say, well, I'm, you know, I'm 64. Oh, really? My grandma can't do that. And I'll be like, yeah, your grandma could if she wanted to. You know, she may not want to. So bodybuilding is different. Bodybuilding is about how you look. And so you work on building muscle and nice, big, thick legs and, you know, washboard ab. None of that's ever really been my goal. Mm -hmm. I like picking up heavy things. And I can't tell you why. I literally cannot tell you why. But I do. It's, I mean, it's, it's everybody has their own preference. You know, when I got into strength training and when you think of somebody, like I said, if somebody that goes to the gym and lifts weights, that's usually a smaller amount of weights. And listen, guys, don't uh, be scared by the numbers that Joni is, is talking about. It's a lot of weight when you have not prepared the right way. And we'll talk about this a little bit more. And like she said, for four months, she didn't even, uh, as we call it, hit the weights. Yeah. New weights. She did other things, which she'll uh, tell us in a minute. But when you think about the goals is I used to be a bodybuilder in my 30s. So I know how to put on mass, create a physique that is large and very rippled. Powerlifting has none of that. Right. If, if you're somebody who works out at the gym, you may be your heaviest workout, maybe two or three weight pound weights, some bands, a ball, totally different goals. Joni wants to pick up heavy things. If you want to pick up heavy things, then you need to go Joni's route. So, <laughs> so she gets the gym. She and I can only feel you around this. You're too old. You're gonna hurt yourself. No, no, no! Don't do that. Um, you're, you know, you never could do that. And when you encounter this, and you finally found that person, what did you do for those four months? Um, we started up front with the machines and dumbbells, mm -hmm. and um, after a couple months, we moved to the plate-loaded machines. After a couple months, we finally got to touch the barbell, but we kind of progressed. And he was a bodybuilder. 
So he insisted I know what muscle I was working and why I was doing it. And I, you know, I was willing to do just about, I'll do anything you tell me, I'll be here however many days you tell me, I wanna learn to deadlift. And I did, you know, he, but we started up front and nothing was heavy to start. I, just to give you an example, I couldn't squat. I squatted, I was so slow and so afraid that I would fall over. He finally just shook his head and said, it's okay to go a little faster. <laughs> really, you're not gonna fall. And I couldn't lunge, literally did not have the balance to lunge. Um, I was, I mean, I was your very typical out of shape, overweight, crazy old lady, you know? I, but I wanted it and I think that's the answer. You have to really want it. Um, and I put up with people taking the bar away from me. No, you really don't want to pick that up. Really? Oh, wow. um, I, I put up with friends who said, you're going to look like a man. Yeah. Uh, you're, you, you'll, no man's ever going to want you if you can pick up more than they can. You know, uh, but I didn't care because I wanted, I, I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it, I think it also comes down to like, I was talking in one of my episodes about a hire to hire a professional fitness coach, somebody who helps you with your goals. You have to really find the right person who, who nurtures your goals and stops you when, when they think that's too much or that's too fast, or that's like you said, you know, like uh, for somebody who doesn't know what a squat is, a squat is basically sitting down in a chair. Yeah. A lunge is basically uh, picking something off the floor with both knees bent in, in a split stance. Yep. So you need balance for things like that. Um, and a bench press, well, bench press doesn't quite qualify, but throwing up pushing your grandkids in the air. <laughs> pushing something away from you. Right, there you go. And these are all functional things we do in life. And Joni just does them a little heavier but she is training for it. She's preparing for it. And she has guidance in, in how to go about it and not injure herself to do that. Now, I looked at the numbers online on your competition and I don't know how to read um, powerlifting numbers. I was like, okay, I have no idea. I could talk about it, but I don't know what they mean. When you are talking about weight categories. Are powerlifters categories divided into competition weight and not age, or how does that work? No, it's it's age, it's age and sex and body weight. Okay. So I was at the time masters women, sixty to sixty four, and at, at that one I've been I've been in the hundred and forty seven and below bracket, and I've been in the hundred and sixty seven and below bracket. So you really are competing with people your size and your age. So you're not suddenly ending up with a 20-year-old competing next to you? No, no, not at all. No, when you look, when you look at what, what your goals are, I think this is like my bodybuilding thing was an audacious goal. I'm an Ironman triathlete now, and people are looking at us like, <laughs> yeah, look at those two, sure enough. But it can be done because I feel about triathlons as passionate as you about powerlifting. Now, thinking of how would you go about to find the thing that you love doing, like you found picking up heavy things? You have to, well, let me start here first. What I see it at the gym mm -hmm. a lot is people come in and they think I need to get fit. So I'm going to do the machines and they do it for a month and they go home and they say, well, I'm not doing that anymore. And they're done. 
their fitness life is over. You have to figure out what you love or you have to love your results. One or the other. Mm -hmm. You may not love what you're doing, but you really like the fact that you feel good and your balance is good and you can climb stairs. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of my clients, you can get up from a chair. So you have to, it's got to be trial and error. You've got to be willing to try new things and you've got to be willing to give it time. And then you've got to be willing to let it go if it's not working for you. Yeah. Yeah. But I always think we need to, um, explore more we're so set in certain things that society tells us that we should do yes as we're now over and i'm making air quotes like people uh we're over the hill and over the hill there is nothing green on over the hill over the hill is just death and destruction it seems but that's not true right Jody? absolutely not it is not true it's and over the hill is going to be whatever you make it. You have to get older. You're chronic, you know, chronologically, every year you get a year older. Your biological age is your weight and your fitness and your muscle. Um, you can train for all the things you're losing. And it doesn't have, this is simple. It's not complicated. Mm -hmm. um, and feel good well into your 80s. You just have to find the things you're willing to repeat and to work at and to get stronger. Mm -hmm. So um, I have one of the favorite things of all my clients is deadlifting. Because first they know they shouldn't, right? They've been told they're women and they shouldn't. And we have a light bar. We have, you know, 25 pounds. There's not a client I have and they go up into the mid eighties that can't pick up 65 pounds. Bravo. Safely, repeatedly. Sometimes we even bring family in to watch because it's, it. There are so much you can do, but you have to believe you can do it. And then you have to find out what you love. Yeah. I get yeah. the way, sorry. No, no, no. This is, I feel very passionate about this too. And I remember way, um, I mean, I've been a coach for 35 years now. And I remember way in the beginning when I was getting into strength training, I was at the checkout line at the local grocery store and I had bought a two gallon carton of milk. And I just grabbed it with one hand and moved it over. And the lady behind me was in awe. Yeah. She said, oh my God, how do you do that? I can't even lift it with both of my arms. And this to me, I, I, I can feel that we're feeling the same way about it. Age is really just a number. Yes, we're getting older. Our joints deteriorate. Our skin gets flabbier. We get more wrinkles and we are losing muscle mass, but there is a way to uh, keep as much as possible and even grow muscle math, mass yes. as we get older. So it's not all wasting away because of sarcopenia. No, there is a way. And Joni's example with powerlifting is a brilliant example that you can pick up heavy things. Absolutely. And you don't have to lose bone mass. Um, most of my clients are maintaining or increasing bone mass. Um, you don't have to get slower. You can do very safe, exercises with speed to, to be fast enough to get your foot in front of you if you trip. Um, you don't have to be stiff. All you have to do is move all your joints every day. Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways we are, we are losing as we age. And there's lots of ways to counteract those losses, but you have to understand what's happening to your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very Which true. is kind of why I wrote the book. 
there you go this is your like here hello <laughs> now you also had a health scare with cancer do you want to share more about that well i just i was diagnosed with it's been a long couple years um i've been diagnosed with microscopic colitis and you know the covid shutdown and last oh it's been about a year now um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So it, I've not worked out a lot in the last year between the biopsies and then the surgeries. I had, had to have two. They didn't get it the first time. So I had two surgeries, 18 days apart. Mm. Um, and then the radiation. So I was done with all that, I think the first or second week in September. Okay. Uh, so you had to stop lifting. I mean, it's, it's definitely once you were diagnosed with breast cancer. And I work with breast cancer survivors primarily in through Pilates mm -hmm. in my studio. How did that affect everything else around you? How did that affect your mindset? Did it set you back and now I need to be more cautious? Now I need, I can't challenge myself. Um, no, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I um, uh, I have this, this thing we wear at the gym, it's called a MyZone. And you have to get 1300 points, exercise points every month. and my, the whole time post-surgery, post with radio, I got my points. That was like, okay, if I can just exercise, I think it's 150 minutes a week mm -hmm. and keep my points, I, I, I will walk through this and be able to move forward. So I was frightened, you know, I was, it's cancer and you have to just wrap your mind around that, but it was also stage one. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very lucky, but I, I used getting those points every month as like, okay, I'm still here. It's not a lot, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the game. And then I've been pushing myself coming forward now since then. Mm -hmm. How do you deal any lymphedema on your arms or is that all good? Nope. It's all good. All good. All good. So you can I will say that the most painful thing about the whole thing was having the lymph nodes removed. Removed. Yeah. I was really surprised at that, but no, I'm good. Okay. Cause that's, I mean, oftentimes or not oftentimes, every time I talk to one of my breast cancer survivors, the doctors always say, do not lift more than three pounds of weights. It's no matter what stage they are. And I'm like, okay, you need to listen to your doctor, but you also need to know about the procedures and you also need to know what you actually can do without injuring yourself. Yes. Yep. And so that's, that is a big impact in that, in that lifestyle. And I'm so glad that you're better. Yeah. I was never, um, my, my surgeon said that no woman should ever pick up I forget the number but it was really like 10 pounds more than 10 pounds she should just walk and and I said I love you you're a great surgeon but I have to I have to disagree and I have not been given any weight limits I was told my arm might get stiff and I might lose range of motion and I said I don't think so and I worked really hard at that and so I mean I think I think doctors really they're just trying to protect us but they're not helping in a lot of cases. They don't know. I mean, from my experience, they, they know till surgery, they have their, their safety guidelines that apply to everybody. Right. And that's all they know. And uh, I had a guest on the show that was um, stage four breast cancer survivor, who is a friend of mine as a marathon runner, ultra marathon runner. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, 
chemo, hair gone. I mean, stage four. And uh, just recently I thought about her as I reached out to her and I said, hey, how's it going? She's like, yeah, I'm still running. And I have some good days and some are not so good, but I'm still running. And I'm, you know, I'm preparing for the Berlin Marathon or whatever she was doing. Yep. And so when you when you think about this, and I wanted to bring this into the show today, because when people hear the story, they assume that we are tip top shape. There's nothing that we have. We're just deciding that we're going out and doing this and that we're pushing those weights. But there is always a backstory. And as you shared with me, too, we both have microscopic colitis. Now, that affects how we train. And when we go, I don't know where yours is, but when I go through a bout of diarrhea, I'm like, I have to pipe down my training. I have to make sure that I finally get nutrients that are going to be absorbed in my stomach. How is yours? Um, I have, when I first was diagnosed, it was really out of control. And he wanted me to take some, some pills. And I was like, no, if I have to live with this, I need to learn how to manage it. And um, trial and error, you learn really quick what you can and can't eat. You know, we started with the, the brat diet, with the bread and the toast and the bananas and rice and added things. And now I know pretty much what I can eat and what I can't. Um, and when I get, for me, it's when I get really too excited about salads and greens. Mm -hmm. When I get, get a little carried away there, uh, my body tells me and I have to back off. And, um, and I do, I have to make sure I can still train, but I have to be close to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm in pretty good shape now, as long as I just do what I know I have to do. Yep. So learning just like with, with the powerlifting, learning what works for you, learning how you manage little setbacks or even big setbacks, like the cancer is a big setback. Microscopic colitis is a, is something that we both will never lose. It will be always be with us, but we're learning, like you said, we're learning how to deal with it. We're learning uh, what works for us. And uh, this is so good to hear because I, like I said, so many people think we're like super women and I was like, look at the two of them. Yeah. And like, no, no, we have our little things going on too. <laughs> yeah. I have, you know, from, from the, from the, the, this breast cancer. And then I threw my back out being stupid. It was my fault. I do kettlebells now. And I, I mm -hmm. like to do rotational kettlebells. And I zigged when I should have zagged. So I keep, you know, at our age, we have setbacks. That's part of the game. They don't matter. What matters is do you keep going forward? So um, I've, I, I've hurt my rotator cuff. I used to be able to snatch a 35-pound kettlebell, and now I'm back to working around with a 15. Um, it, it just is. It's life at this age. Right. You know, I'd rather always say I'd rather, which sounds really terrible, but I'd rather get an injury being active than sitting on the couch, flipping the remote. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which brings us back to what you coined. Let me see. I have it written down somewhere. Uh, compliant aging. You talk right. about compliant aging. Tell us what this is and how we can possibly apply compliant aging to us. Well, I, I was trying to find a word. Um, I literally have had, my mother did this, um, and I've literally had friends and clients say, I've earned the right to sit on the couch, and that's where I'm going to spend the next 20 years. Yes. And so the compliant aging part of the book is, is like, okay, if you choose to do that, which is absolutely your right, you're going to get weak. You may not be able to get off that couch. 
your bones are gonna get thin, your balance is gonna get bad, Walking through the grocery store is going to get hard. But if you want to sit on that couch for 30 years, you go right ahead because it's absolutely your choice. And I, I don't mean to sound as harsh as it sounds, but that choice of inactivity is deadly. Yeah. So now you've got weak bones, bad muscles, and bad balance. And I call that the evil triad. Um, so if you really want to get hurt, sit on your couch and take a fall after you've been inactive. That's compliant aging. And my, yeah, I made that word up. I, that's compliant aging in, in my brain. I, I'm good with that. I make words up all the time. Oh, good. <laughs> my husband said, this is not an English word. What is, that? is it a German word? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I just made it up because it sounded like it was the right word for describing yeah. the situation. Now, when we're looking at and, and, um, I said this to somebody else today, when we're looking at the demographics that's listening to the podcast, they could be anywhere between 40, so it's for the demographics over 50, but I know that women that are much younger are listening to the show, but also women that are in their 80s and 90s, as I found out. So we have a broad range of women that are trying to pursue their spark, working on pursuing their spark, working on living healthier, fitter lifestyle. What would you tell somebody that, Let's start with a novice. I, I want to get off the couch and usually people go the couch to 5K, but let's not talk about the couch, five, f- couch to 5K. Let's talk about strength training because I'm like you, I love strength training. What should they do? Um, they should, you know, think about some things. Do they want to work out at home? Do they want to go to a gym? Do they have um, like a community, community fitness center? What's available to them is first what's available, what can they afford? A lot of people start out at home just because they're uncomfortable in the gym. And right now, resources online, there's no lack of ways to train. You just have to start. If I say the gym is a great place because you you can get a trainer and they can let you try out kettlebells and dumbbells and barbells and medicine balls and Pilates and yoga. They can, they can, you know, let you try all those things and find what works for you um, if you don't know. So a trainer is number one. If you can't find a trainer, there's plenty of workouts online. Some are free. Some you have to buy equipment for. Some you don't. There's plenty of body weight. I think it's Kaisa Fit does tons of body weight videos and she's really moderately priced. So there's, there's all kinds of things available. Your first decision is where do I want to do this? Yeah. And maybe who do I want to do it with? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think girlfriends work really well together. Yep. Yep. I see this all the time. People are like, I don't know how to hire a trainer. That's why I did an episode on how to hire a qualified trainer. Mm-hmm. And the ones that you need to fire because they do all these, whatever things they shouldn't be doing. But I always find too, it's like if somebody that you can trust, find somebody that you can trust, somebody that you somehow connected, whether it's on uh, social or in person, but that you see that he or she has exercises that make sense, that that are not kamikaze workouts for whatever craziness. I mean, I wouldn't say compete in a CrossFit competition at the age of 60. Injury is greatly elevated at that point. So something that's maybe not quite as intense, but along the lines, if that is your thing, like Jody. Right. 
like Joni does her powerlifting. I mean, she doesn't kamikaze around and hangs on the rings and does all kinds of wonderful things. Well, and they do have CrossFit. They do have senior classes near me. Oh, um, okay. They call it CrossFit Legends, I think. Mm. So that's kind of the thing you have to th really think about. Don't do what somebody else told you to do, you know, and for heaven's sakes, don't go get in the gym and then be afraid to get off the treadmill. <laughs> you know, the treadmill is a lovely place, but go, go find someone to show you what else is there. Mm -hmm. um, age isn't an issue. It really isn't. And when you look at a trainer, they should ask you two things. What's your fitness history and what are your goals? Mm -hmm. And then they should shut up and listen. So right. if that doesn't happen and you don't feel any connection, it's perfectly okay to say, not you. Can I talk to somebody else? It's okay. They work for you. Um, what I find is people don't do that. And then they, they're unhappy and they never come back and they never work out. And that's sad. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I found this too. I'm afraid of telling her or him, I don't want to work with them. I'm like, you're paying them money. You know, the, yes. you're not married to them. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. So from, from your whole experience, getting into powerlifting, uh, realizing your dreams, going through some setbacks in your life, what would you tell as an overall thought, my audience, of what they might consider doing or how they should could view their life going forward, no matter where they are, between the 40s, the 50s, 60s, whatever they are? What would be, would be uh, their, your inspiration for them or to them? Um, educate yourself as to what's in front of you, whether you're 30, 40, 70, or 80. I mean, I've got my book, but there's lots of information about aging. Make sure you clearly understand what's in front of you and then decide what you're going to do about it. That would, I think everything starts with that decision. And the decision starts with information, you know? you do not want to be 65 or 66 years old and unable to get out of a chair without help. You know, you don't want to um, not be able to walk up a set of stairs to see a friend at 70. You don't want to be in a nursing home at 80 because you've broken a hip. So educate yourself. I don't care what age you are. Here's what's in front of you. And then what can you do about it? That's where I would say that's where you start. That's a great start. I agree. Now, Joni, where can people reach out to you and get in touch with you? Um, I've got a website, www.traintoage.com. I've on Instagram and Facebook as Train to Age. And I think it's Train to, I don't, I don't know my Train to Age email address. But from any of those places, you can get to me. They also can get your book there. Yes, you can get my book. You can see my book on my website. The book is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And there's also a Kindle version. It's a really quick, I made it to be a very easy read. I kept handing people books like Younger Next Year and <laughs> yeah. the Barbell Prescription and they just, they just give them back. You know, that's too much information. Just tell me what I need to do. So that's, it's a little tiny three hour read. Mm -hmm chopped full of ways to figure out how you want to go forward with exercise. This is great. Yeah, because I think now that we live longer, we also need to take better care of our body. And uh, with the obesity epi epidemic that we have here in the States, it's, 
it's such an obligation for us to continue educate people on the health benefits and hopefully get through to, okay, you need to move, you need to eat better, you need to pick up heavy things if that's your thing, but don't be afraid of weights. And Absolutely uh, not. And help also what I always say is menopause, we lose bone density and you touched on that a little bit. We need to make sure that we're taking care of the diet aspect of menopause and the bone density through impact work and strength training to strengthen our bones uh, as we get older. So we don't have, or we can hopefully prevent a broken hip. Right, right. Um, yeah. All my clients do kettlebell carries mm -hmm. and almost all of them, regardless of age, can carry a 25 in each hand, which is 50 pounds. Yeah. And I can't say all of them because they don't have their numbers, but um, almost all have had at least a seven to 10% increase in bone density in some portion of their Usually it's the lower spine. The lower spine, yeah. Because they measure that. But when their bone density goes up is when they start to get really excited about what they're doing yeah. when they see something like that. So that's awesome. So Joni, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing all your wisdom around picking up heavy things in powerlifting and that it's okay to continue to get strong as we age. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So for anybody listening, as always, and I say it at the end of every guest expert interview, reach out to us. Let us know how this interview, the information we presented to you resonated with you. How did it help you with what your plans are? Did it help you make a decision to start lifting? Or did you want to talk to us more, reach out to us on social media? You know Joni's handles, mine are Heike Yates on Instagram, Heike Eats Pursue Your Spark on Facebook and Heike Eats everywhere else. So you can find me there. And once you see the episode and you listen to it or you watch the video, let us know how we can help. Don't just sit there and say, this was great and do nothing. Right. I'm or we are action takers. Sitting there and holding the remote will not get you where you might want to go and ideally want to go as you age. So we are out of here. We hope to hear from you and we'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao. Thank you. Bye-bye.